Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. All right, gang. Wow. I mean, wow. I don't even know where to begin today. There are so many things happening in my head right now. I, d- I don't know where we're going to go with all of this, but, you know, I... I we- <laughs> We've got crises, we've got masks, the unmasking, and Tim Tebow is back to playing football. Meanwhile, the cicadas are coming and are here. A million? My dad lives in farm country, and I was just talking to him this morning, and he was telling me that, at least where they're at in Pennsylvania, they're expecting a million cicadas per acre. My parents have 19 acres. You do the math. But... It, it it feels kind of revelation style if you're expecting 19 million cicadas to invade your land. And for those of us here in Vegas that, you know, most of you are living on a patch of dirt, so you may not notice them as much. I don't know if the numbers are the same for out here, but God has blessed me with a half an acre property here. And if the numbers carry across the board, that means 500,000 cicadas are coming to my house. 500,000, you guys. That's so, that's so many cicadas. I really need to find out if they're safe for dogs to eat because my dogs will eat them. My dogs are probably going to have a field day, actually. But anyway, so... um. You know, just an interesting thought, but when Joe Biden came into office, we had a, uh, a vaccination, a vaccination distribution plan, an economy that was on the brink of absolute boom and peace, starting to filter through the Middle East. In just, what is it, February, March, April, May, four months, three months even, we now have people with deep and, I think, legitimate, in many cases, vaccine hesitancy. We see vaccine numbers, people being vaccinated, those are evening out and dropping drastically. People not wanting to get the vaccine anymore. A dramatically underperforming economy. Gas prices soaring. And we're on the brink of war in Israel and the Middle East. Which, by the way, Hamas is a terrorist organization. Those in Congress who are issuing their support for Hamas, that's a problem. The fact that Twitter has not deplatformed individuals who are calling for Hamas to continue their terrorist acts and those who have, uh, there's one gal, I forget who it was, she literally quoted Hitler as justification for what Hamas is doing to Israel right now. And call me crazy, and you, you may really think that Trump ins- uh, incited the insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. I'm not there, but you might legitimately think that. 
And, and let's just say that he did, just for the sake of argument and conversation. Again, that's not something that I personally hold as my personal belief. I think he used some unfortunate words, but I don't think that he incited an insurrection. However, if that is enough to deplatform the president of the United States, I feel that it should be enough to deplatform other people that are encouraging terrorist acts and utilizing Adolf Hitler as their justification for the killing and murder, really, uh, of Jews. Just, just a hunch. Then you have, this, this one's kind of gotten buried. And, uh, you know, 124 retired generals and admirals say the United States is in deep peril under Joe Biden and warn of his mental condition. They say it cannot be ignored. Flag Officers for America released a letter signed by 124 military officers entitled to carry a flag indicating their rank, said, Our nation is in deep peril. We are in a fight for our survival as a constitutional republic like no other time since our founding in 1776. The conflict is between supporters of socialism and Marxism versus supporters of constitutional freedom and liberty. They went on to say that without fair and honest elections that accurately reflect the will of the people, our constitutional republic is lost. Aside from the election, the current administration has launched a full-blown assault on our constitutional rights in a dictatorial manner, bypassing the Congress with more than 50 executive orders quickly signed. They also said the mental and physical condition of the commander-in-chief cannot be ignored. He must be able to quickly make accurate national security decisions involving life and limb anywhere, day or night. Recent Democrat leadership's inquiries about nuclear code procedures sends a dangerous national security signal to nuclear-armed adversaries, raising the question about who is in charge. We must always have an unquestionable chain of command. Now, this isn't necessarily something abnormal. There were generals that released a letter during the Trump administration saying they didn't trust him and that he was unfit for office and so on and so forth and what have you. So this is not necessarily newsworthy. However, it was newsworthy when retired generals and generals said this about Donald Trump when he was president. Yet somehow I'm guessing that you have not heard about this letter. I'm guessing that you have not heard about these generals because the media is doing everything possible to keep us focused <coughs> still on Donald Trump and take the spotlight off of all of the problems that are happening in our country right now. We literally have a gas crisis, an inflation crisis, an unemployment crisis, a border crisis, and, and a cicada crisis, quite frankly. And the media... And, and Republicans, by the way, are not helping this situation. But the media is like blinders, okay? So, so if you grow up in Amish country, you see horses and buggies. Some of you have never experienced this phenomena because you have grown up in Las Vegas. I'm sorry that your life has been this way. Just kidding. Vegas is a great city. I actually was downtown yesterday with my sister celebrating her birthday, and we went, you know, got gelato, went to the Bellagio Fountains, and I was just standing watching the fountains and thinking, you know, there's a lot of garbage that happens in Las Vegas, but I really have come to love and appreciate this city. And the, the fountains are helpful because they're literally my favorite thing here in Las Vegas. Like, I could just watch fountain show after fountain show after fountain show. It's so relaxing and peaceful and just, it makes me smile. So I'm, I'm not bashing Vegas. But anyway, 
you grow up in Amish country, you will see horses and buggies. And the horses, uh, because they're driving on the road with the cars, horses can be easily spooked. If the horse gets spooked, bad things can happen to the people in the buggy. Right, So they put blinders on the horse so they can only see right in front of them so they just keep going and they're not distracted by anything that's happening around them. Our media right now has blinders on to everything, it seems like, that doesn't say T-R-U-M-P. Like, if it does not say Trump on it, we don't see it. It doesn't exist. We're not going to talk about it. But then over time... (laughs) Crisis after crisis after crisis starts piling up. So what do you do? Well, you completely reverse course from everything you've been saying and be like, hey guys, you don't need to wear masks anymore. Like, look at this shiny toy over here. Forget about all these bad things. Ooh, look at this. Like like we're cats just waiting for them to dangle some toy or, or point a... It, they think we're like a... That, that, that's I, that's actually a really good comparison. You know how you can take a... You should never do this, by the way. But you can take a laser pointer pen. Or, or do it with adult supervision. Because laser pens are... Pointers are dangerous. And you can take a laser and, you know, just put your little laser around wherever on the ground. And the cat will chase it. The cat will chase it, chase it, chase it, chase it. And that's what the media is doing with us. And this is what the Democrats and the Biden administration is doing with us. You have things just being obliterated in our economy and our country, but they're like, ooh, look. Look at this laser pointer. Ooh, no masks if you have a vaccine. Look at the, Ooh, look at this. This is amazing. I mean, the timing of this thing is really phenomenal because, quite frankly, nothing has really changed. I mean, think about it. In the last couple of months, nothing about COVID-19 or vaccinations has changed all that much. Numbers are continuing to go down. Uh, you, I think it is difficult not to argue that this decision by the CDC and the White House to just be like, no more masks if you're fully vaccinated, this is so much PR to distract from what is happening in our world today. It's unbelievable. So, and I'm, I'm not going to... I'm trying today to actually have a shorter podcast. I know I say that to you guys all the time, but I'm trying. So let's, let's just touch on these for a few minutes. So gas prices. Why are gas prices soaring? Well, because, <laughs> because there, was, there was a hacking of a, of a gas company, a fuel company. And by the way, we're allowed to talk about how fuel lines can be hacked, but elections definitely cannot be. But that's another story for another time. And then you have literally the media outright lying. The New York Times on May the 11th, this past Tuesday, said Coastal Pipeline, a vital U.S. fuel artery that was shut down by a cyber attack, said it hoped to restore most operations by the end of the week. Since the shutdown, there have been no long lines or major price hikes for gas. That is just factually untrue. There are literally maps that you can look at of dozens, if not hundreds, of gas stations that have run out of gas. You can go on social media and see people posting picture after picture after picture of long gas lines. The, uh, oh, let me see if I favorited this tweet. Where is it? Oh, do I have it? Ugh. I don't have it. 
there's some, I, I oh, it's some government organization. I don't know which one because there's so many of them. But they, they issued a tweet telling people that they should not put gasoline in plastic bags. Let us think about this for a minute. Why would people be putting gasoline in plastic bags? Oh, because they're trying to hoard it, because they're scared, because gas stations are running out of gas. Gas is the new toilet paper. I mean, first it was lumber, and now, by the way, there's a shortage on Chick-fil-A sauce. I mean, things are just falling apart here. If Joe Biden can't keep us at a place where there's enough Chick-fil-A sauce in this country, we have a real problem, people. But seriously, though. So, so we have this fuel crisis. Uh, Biden's energy secretary... I believe this was also on May 11th. They were asking her different questions about uh, the energy crisis that we are experiencing along the eastern seaboard. And (laughs) you can't even make this stuff up. She said that pipe is the best way to transport fuel. Because we're asking about alternates and things. Pipe is the best way to transport fuel. You don't say. Wait. Let's think about this for a second. What was one of the first, first things that President Biden did when he came into office? Oh, he signed all those executive orders. Now, among them, there was one, that's right, the Keystone XL pipeline, which Biden canceled via executive order as one of the first things he did when he came into office, but pipe is the best way to transport fuel. And if we just had more pipe, perhaps we could transport more and not have a gas energy crisis. Wow, shocking. It's almost like Trump knew what he was doing some for some things. Oh wait, maybe for more things? What's that you say? They're starting the border wall up again? That's right. They're starting the border wall up again. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers has, uh, re- is resuming construction on a 13.4-mile stretch of border wall levy in the Rio Grande Valley because local residents and politicians have been like, we have a big problem. The Biden administration had previously halted all construction because you know racism and stuff. So... These are the things I don't understand. I, I think now that the Biden administration, by their own definition of, of racism, is in fact racist. And by their own definition of uh, uncaring, murderers, all these things, that would now apply to them, right? Because Biden, Joe Biden, the president, is now building border wall. But again, we, we can't talk about this in the news because, because well then it makes things look like maybe Trump isn't so bad after all. And the blinders that we're, we're trying to put on people is to show them that everything is wonderful and awesome and uh, uh, Trump bad. Guys, we went from energy independence for the first time in, I believe, over 50 years to gas shortages and fuel lines in just four months. You, you just you can't make this stuff up. It's incredible. Then you have inflation. 
that glorious stimulus that Joe Biden was elected on because everybody was going to get $2,000 and for some reason we think that this is the answer to all of our problems. No, it did exactly what people predicted it would do that are actually, you know, economists or look at any kind of financial data for our country. It blew things up like a balloon and the poor who were supposed to be most helped are ending up the most hurt. This is just what happens. Why? Well, it's very simple. If you don't need that $2,000, what do you do with it? You put your stimulus in your savings. You put it in your IRA. You put it in your Roth. You reinvest it. The poor are disproportionately harmed in the end because they go out and buy groceries with it. And when the dust settles from us pumping the market with imaginary fake money, their groceries end up costing more. Consumer prices have seen their largest yearly jump since 2008. Inflation is skyrocketing. The Consumer Price in Index, according to National Review, uh, the CPI, which tracks the cost of a variety of consumer goods as well as housing and energy prices, has risen 4.2% from a year ago, notably higher than what we expected to happen this year, 3.6%. It is the largest yearly increase since September of 2008. Even controlling for food and energy prices was up 3%, higher than the estimated 2.3%. The 0.9% CPI increase from March, again, which controls uh, food and energy prices, is the highest since April of 1982. This is the highest it has been in my entire lifetime. On Tuesday, the average price of a gallon of gas rose to $2.99, and that price has continued to skyrocket uh, as we have seen the issue with the pipeline. If you're here in Vegas, you're probably paying somewhere around $3.39 or higher, uh, maybe a little less if you're going to like a Costco or a Sam's Club. Uh, my family in Pennsylvania is paying uh, just under what we're paying. They're in about $3.29. California, you don't even want to know what they're paying for gas. Uh, it's sitting $4 and above out there. And then in southern states where fuel is generally noticeably less expensive, they are just about to break $3 as well. But on May 2nd, our Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, on NBC's Meet the Press said, I don't believe that inflation will be an issue. And then a few days later, just last week, they said, uh, behind the White House briefing podium, I really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. But now this Tuesday, our press secretary, Jen Psaki, uh, told reporters at the White House that the, they're taking the possibility of inflation quite seriously. Well, if you're taking it seriously, there's something that you should do. You need to look at the American Jobs Plan and cut back on that $2.3 trillion in new spending that's proposed in it because that is just going to make this bad situation worse. And by the way, that leads us into, with the inflation, we have also an unemployment, uh, unemployment crisis. The jobs report, uh, I think, uh, was it like a week ago that came out? We saw the U.S. economy had 266,000 new jobs. Now that sounds good. We added jobs. We expected that number to be roughly 
one million jobs. So no, it was not a good report. All across the country, we are seeing reports of people not working, of employers not being able to get their employees to come back to work, of businesses not being able to get people to come and work for them. Let me see if I can find it. I read a great article in the Review Journal. Let's see here. No, I wonder if I can search it. Employee. Let's see. McDonald's. That's not it. Not it, not it. And these are too old. Okay. Um, incentive. Let's try that. This is how you search and find articles you read before. Watch me not be able to find it, and then this will be... <laughs> nope, that's not working either. <laughs> okay, I, I can't find it. I thought I had favorited it on, I think, on Twitter is where I originally saw the link to their article. But they had a fascinating article about how with the unemployment benefits continuing being expanded that employers in our city are having a hard time getting employees that there's an employee shortage and that businesses here in our city and around the country are offering incentives for people to come to work like they're sweetening the deal it's not just you come work we'll pay you no as they there uh there was it was specifically about i think a local coffee shop that's hiring people but basically letting them choose their own hours and set their own schedule and if they say we don't want to work for these two weeks and then we'll come back then they're just literally letting people instead of the traditional these are the hours that you work because they can't find people to work are saying okay well if you work for us you you set your schedule you work when you feel like it basically and this is what businesses all over the country are experiencing then if you go to the border huh the border crisis we have seen the highest number of migrants in two decades crossing the united states illegally during the month of April. Unbelievable. 178,662 migrants attempting to enter the United States via the southern border last month. 3% increase over March. That number is 10 times greater than in April of 2020. 10 times greater than a year ago under President Trump when we saw 17,106 migrants uh, at the southern border. Now, think about this for a second. Do you remember a year ago two years ago when Democrats were hammering President Trump for his handling of the border crisis, for his handling of children in cages. Remember that? We are seeing ten times the number of people attempting to enter now. Where is the media crisis? Where are the Democrats? Guess what? There aren't more kids coming over and getting put in these quote-unquote cages. We still have the same cages. They just call it, now they call it like temporary housing or something. They use a different term, but it's the same buildings, you guys. And tents. Same stuff. But ten times more people. But somehow this is not a crisis. And the individual assigned as the point person in dealing with the border crisis has yet to visit the actual border and see the crisis. That would be our Vice President, Kamala Harris. It's, it's just mind-blowing the number of people that we are seeing attempting to get into this country right now, and things are not getting better at the border, they are getting worse. And there is just story after story after story of 
of tragedy of children being trafficked. I mean, there, there's a story of, of a farmer who found, uh, who found young girls basically on the point of death who had been, uh, were wearing wristbands and brandings with numbers on them. This is not people that were coming with their family. These are people that are being trafficked. Right? This is, and, and there are some families attempting to come that way. And I support legal immigration fully. And I support helping those who need help. And I've gone into this issue extensively before. You can go find it in past podcasts. I don't have time right now in this one. But man. Again, it's just like shiny toys. Don't think about any of these things. I did, however, I must say, I did appreciate President Biden came out and said that Israel had the right to defend itself from Hamas. And I was so grateful that he did that because I didn't know if he would. And that was absolutely something that was needing to be said and absolutely uh, the right thing to say because Israel does have the right to defend itself from terrorism. And that is what Hamas is, it is a terrorist organization. So this is all is going on. And then just, you know, very, uh, very interesting that when it's just like the crises are piling up to a point where you simply cannot ignore that, hey, we've got some real problems. And where you have seen Fauci on the news saying, you know, we got to get more people vaccinated. People aren't getting vaccinated and we're not going to reach herd immunity if we can't get people to get vaccinated. And, oh, you got to wear masks. You got to wear two masks indoors, outdoors. Senator Rand Paul, just, what was it, like two weeks ago, uh, questioned Fauci and was saying, hey, if you've been vaccinated, do you need to wear a mask? And Fauci was like, I don't understand the question. What, what kind of... Okay. All right. I need to calm down here for a second before I say something ungodly. <sighs> Fauci yesterday is all over the news laughing like, are you... S- wear a mask when you're outside? <laughs> no, you don't need to do that. Wear a mask when you're vaccinated? Of course not. No. It is... It is absolutely... I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how people don't see this, guys. I don't understand it. Like, the timing is just so convenient. Nothing has changed. We have fewer people getting vaccinated now than when he was talking to Rand Paul and being like, I don't know what you're talking about. Of course people need to wear masks. You wear masks. You wear masks to protect your fellow citizens. You wear masks because you care about everyone else. And, okay, I I shouldn't be mocking. I'm sorry. But the hypocrisy is off the charts incredible to me. President Biden tweeted this yesterday from the official POTUS account. The rule is now simple. Get vaccinated or wear a mask until you do. The choice is yours. <laughs> okay, well, that's just slightly ominous. First of all, that's not a choice. A choice is where you get to choose what you want to do. This is not a choice. This is an ultimatum. This is you get the vaccine or you will wear a mask. But then secondly, I, I don't understand this whole reasoning slash logic are you just assuming then that if I'm not wearing a mask, I am vaccinated? And then there were people on Twitter that were like, oh, oh my goodness, but now, now people that aren't vaccinated are just going to lie and say that they are and puts us all in danger. 
And so I don't... Was it the Secretary of Health? It was some person. Uh, responded to all of this and was like, don't worry. If people lie, it's okay. As long as you're vaccinated, they won't affect you. Then you have Biden with a another tweet which is supposed to be like a meme or something and it's him saying vaxxed or masked on which everyone is replying hope you have a plan to track people who are not vaccinated otherwise no one's going to wear masks and this is scary mm-hmm And the reasoning they say behind this is they're like, no, no, no. People aren't going to lie about it. They're going to go get vaccinated because then they won't have to wear a mask and they'll be able to do more things. Well, at this point at least, the government has not told us that we have to be able to prove that we are vaccinated. So why would someone who is not vaccinated, who does not want to be vaccinated, go and get vaccinated like it's a it's I feel like people some people have this as a legitimate concern, but I don't I don't think this is going to have the effect that they think it's going to have in encouraging more people to get vaccinated because if they just get vaccinated, then they don't have to wear a mask and they can do things. I don't know. The Review Journal is saying that the federal guidance announced yesterday, or Thursday, for those of you listening to our Saturday program, that fully vaccinated people no longer need to wear a mask in most indoor and outdoor settings became effective immediately in Nevada. Businesses in the state may still require masks for customers and employees if they so choose. The Vegas Chamber of Commerce recommended that area businesses keep mask mandates in place. Some area businesses will be keeping the mask requirement for now, including local Smith's supermarkets. Uh, they said at this time, the Kroger family of companies continues to require everyone in our stores to wear masks, but says it is reviewing its safety practice and latest CDC guidelines. So, hey. we don't want you to think about what's happening with the gas issues and the fuel issues and how if we hadn't canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, this might not have been a problem. We haven't... We, we're, we're letting you take off your mask if you wear a vaccine so that you don't think about the fact that businesses can't hire employees and that maybe we are doing things we shouldn't be doing with unemployment funding. Don't worry about what's happening at the border. Don't think about the fact that there are 10 times as many people crossing now and that the crisis, it was a crisis when Trump was in office, but it's not a crisis anymore. It's just a 10 times increase, but that's not a crisis. No, 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 no. Think about, think about the mask. Don't think about inflation. Don't think about the fact that your groceries cost more, your fuel costs more, your housing costs more, everything costs more. That's not, that's, don't, don't worry about that. It's also probably, probably not inflation. Not something the White House is worried about. I, I, I just I can't believe how, how far we have come or how far we have fallen. Maybe it would be a better way to say it in just four months. It's unbelievable. Imagine what the man could do in four years. Oh, wait, some of us could, and that's why we didn't vote for the man. <sighs> uh, 
Also the Chick-fil-A sauce. This is a big problem, folks. And the cicadas. Can we blame Biden for that, too? Probably not. We'll blame him for all the other stuff that he actually is responsible for. Cicadas, not so much. They come every 17 years. He can't do anything about that. Then we have Tim Tebow. (laughs) Tim Tebow, who has signed a one-year deal. Or is signing. I don't know if it actually happened yet. He's getting a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He'll be reuniting with Coach Urban Meyer. They're bringing in... Clemson star quarterback Trevor Lawrence, Trev- uh, Clemson star running back uh, NTN, and I I just think that the Jaguars are going to be fun to watch this year, and people are freaking out about this because they're signing Tebow as a tight end. My brother has this theory, I tend to agree with him, that Urban Meyer is not going to use Tim Tebow as a tight end, at least not primarily. Urban Meyer is going to probably use Tebow in the way that the Saints use Taysom Hill. He's going to be coming in, taking snaps as a quarterback, but functioning largely as a running back, which in my opinion he should have done all along. I wish he would have been willing to change positions, at least on paper officially, long ago and never gone into the baseball thing. But if anybody can make... Look, Urban Meyer made Tim Tebow a legend in college football. If anybody can make Tim Tebow a success again in the NFL, it's Urban Meyer. And I think that this could be really, really interesting to see. Of course, everybody is, is freaking out about this and everybody everybody goes after Tebow. Tebow is terrible. Tebow is terrible. Right, okay. He won a playoff game, which is more than I can say for most of your quote-unquote star quarterbacks, but Okay, I, I just don't get it. Scandal-free, upstanding young man who runs and funds orphanages around the world, hosts proms for young people with disabilities each year, and yet manages to invoke so much hate, jealousy, and rage. It's really quite amazing when you step back and think about it, but part of the problem is people are like, Tebow does not deserve a shot in the NFL when Kaepernick's a better quarterback and nobody's looking at him. No, no, no. Go back. I did a whole podcast about this. I don't have time to rehash it today, but you can literally go through NFL history. And if you know anything about the way football actually works, you will see that Colin Kaepernick, if his main thing was wanting to play football, he could have stayed in the NFL. The Broncos wanted to bring him in. And at that point in their history, he probably would have made them a Super Bowl contender with where he was at and where they were at as a team. But he said no. He chose not to continue playing football. He then had a workout that was going to be attended by many, 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 many NFL teams. And just, it was either the day or two days before, he changed the location And many teams were no longer able to attend. Like, Kaepernick has not made a great effort to get back into the NFL. In fact, he has made pretty much uh, very little effort. Oh, but I've seen his workout videos. Yeah, that's not how it works a lot of times, okay? And also, he keeps getting older. Go look at how long the average NFL player plays in the NFL. Unless you are a superstar quarterback, a superstar wide receiver, superstar anything, most guys play in the NFL, I believe it's three years. Three years. And again, Kaepernick could have played. I, I, oh, I don't have time. I, I did a whole podcast about it. Go look it up. Just search Kaepernick on my SoundCloud account or whatever. You'll find it. I outlined the whole thing, dates, timelines, everything of how he chose to leave the NFL. He could have stayed. Yes, he would have had to take a pay cut. But guess what? This is what happens in the NFL. <laughs> if a team doesn't want you uh, or if... Uh, if nobody is signing you and this team says, hey, we'll, we'll take you, we're offering you this, well, you might have to accept a little bit of a, a pay cut. This, these things happen in the world. It happens in the NFL all the time. So, no, it's not comparable, Tebow, to Kaepernick, not comparable. 
Tebow tried and tried and tried to make the NFL thing work. Then he went to baseball, tried and tried and tried to make the baseball thing work. Now he's back to the NFL and he's going to try and make it work again. Kaepernick never tried to make it work. Just didn't happen. Okay, one last little tidbit for you. And then uh, and then I'm going to let you go for my Vegas friends. We have the Knights are in the playoffs yet again. So be sure to cheer on our Knights. I think our Henderson Silver Knights made the playoffs as well. And Raiders tickets at Allegiant Stadium are the most in demand in the NFL. Most sought-after tickets in the league. Six of the ten most in-demand NFL games, including four of the top five, involve the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium, according to Vivid Seats, which tracks secondary markets. Of the top five, only Tom Brady's return to New England with his Tampa Bay Buccaneers eclipses the four Raiders' home game. The Raiders' season opener versus the Baltimore Ravens is an average of $944 per ticket. The Week 10 game against division rival Kansas City Chiefs, $823 average per ticket. The matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles, $673 a ticket. And the Week 5 game against the Chicago Bears, $654 a ticket. Wow. Uh, Steve Spywak, a spokesman for Vivid Seats, said, Basically, it's a really attractive destination for NFL fans to make the trip to watch their team play the Raiders and spend the weekend in Vegas. So, all that said... If you were thinking you wanted to attend a Raiders game this year, you have to realize that you're not just competing with locals for tickets. So if you thought it was hard to get Knights tickets, where you're basically just competing with locals to get those tickets, now you are competing with the entire country because Vegas is a destination vacation. Now people can come watch their team play and do their Vegas trip all in one weekend. So these tickets are going to be hard to get. And now you know the rest of the story. Crises, cicadas, Chick-fil-A sauce shortages, really very many things happening in our world today. I'm so glad that God is in control, that Jesus is on the throne, and that I have the opportunity to serve him with my life and trust him with every day. Hope to see you for church on Sunday here at Liberty Baptist. Our address is 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. For those of you here in Las Vegas, join us at 8 o'clock, 945 or 1130. If you are not in Las Vegas, you can still join us online by visiting our website at experienceliberty.com and streaming our service there. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time for The Friddle Show.